Hey everyone, it's Ashley Kirkwood, the host of the Currency of Confidence podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to level up your confidence, then convert that confidence into currency for your business. Today we have a really special guest with us, um, Lauren C. Martin, better known as L. Wu. Lauren, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing good, Ashley Nicole. How are you, sis? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. You are one of the first guests that we are interviewing. So I'm super excited to have this conversation. For those of you who don't know, I actually met El Wu at the Sister Circle event that is run by Natalie Rochelle. It's an awesome, awesome community of women entrepreneurs and go-getters. And when I met her, the thing that stood out the most, which is the reason for her being on the podcast, being the first guest on the podcast, is her confidence and the confidence with which she speaks. So you all know that I'm a professional speaker and I take speaking very seriously. And I love when I meet other dynamic, powerful speakers, people who come in a room and they just light up the room. That is the epitome of confidence. So I'm so glad to have you with us today, El Wu. Um, And specifically, I'm excited to talk about your corporate journey. Because now, you guys, Elwu is a full-time entrepreneur, dynamic speaker, author. She has several books and sells her workshops and things of that nature, which you all can find on her website at elwu.org. But before all of that fabulous entrepreneurship, she worked in corporate for two really large corporations. And, you know, we'll let her get into the story of what happened, but we are going to talk about today how to maintain confidence after having corporate challenges. Because a part of this show is really how to overcome implicit bias and things of that nature that we all face when being in corporate and even in entrepreneurship. So to get us started, El will give us your corporate story. First, what were the corporate challenges that you faced while there? When you think of why your experience was challenging, would you say it was your coworkers or was it your manager? My coworkers, I absolutely loved them there, but it was actually my manager um, who I was working for. It was a Caucasian man, and he really gave me a hard time uh, being a sales coordinator. And I mean, I was working my butt off. You know, it was my first sales role. And I mean, I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know everything. And, you know, they said that they would train you. So, I mean, I was doing everything in my power to, to do the, the job that I could, you know, a great job at it. But he gave me such a hard time. And, and ultimately, I ended up experiencing some racism there. Um, definitely a lot from my manager and from um, other management uh, that was working there at the time. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Now, did your manager ever say anything that made you feel he was biased? Um, yeah, and, I, and you know, um, and I'm one of them people, too. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, too, Ashley Nicole. I'm one <laughs> of them people, when I go through experiences, I'm the type of person, I move on. And, right. and you know, so so once I'm out of the fight, you know, I might, I might go through my phase, you know, like I'm going through, you know, the first, the first few weeks, month or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. reliving it. Like I remember when he said this and I remember when he did this. But the reality is, is that I don't remember everything now because it was so long ago. I know we're going to talk more about your experience at the company, but I do want to say, I think that one of the issues in these companies and just in society right now is it's hard for anyone to admit that they're biased at any time (laughs) because no one wants to admit they're sick. And I heard 
Trevor Noah say that we should start treating racism as a sickness because a lot of times it's hereditary the same way alcoholism is. And I'd never thought about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense because you become a product of your environment more times than not. It takes a lot of strength to to not become a product of your environment. It is easy to become a product of your environment. If all your parents go to college, everyone in your family goes to college, you're going to college. You know, right. if no one in your family goes to college and you go, it's celebrated because it took more work for you to go to college than for someone who's who's always grown up with it. So I do think this is going to be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I do think that we should show racists some grace in that we don't know where it came from. And mm. I, I do think that the only way to really start changing someone's mind about something is to respect them where they are, regardless of where they are and regardless of how I feel about where they are. You know, right. I have talked to people who would definitely be considered racist because of because of the things that they say and the fundamental beliefs that they hold. But when you start talking to them from like a human to human level, like, well, tell me more about that. And you, it can't be like, mm-hmm. you're a racist. Tell me why you think that. It has to be like, man, Bob, that's, that's strong. Where does that come from? You know what I mean? Like genuinely trying to understand where people come from, because I do believe regardless of, of what people say, regardless of what people do, there is a human element to them somewhere and that element can be reached as long as they are breathing. I don't think it should always be our obligation to reach people. Right. But if you care enough and if you want to change someone's mind, the only way to do that, I do believe, is having a real dialogue with them and not and, and trying to at least respect how they got there, even if you don't respect the actual opinions that they hold. Mm-hmm. Mhm. That's true. That's true. I mean, how do you so how did you so eventually you you went to another company. You leave company right. one. <laughs> you leave right. company one where you're being mistreated and you go to another company and then you actually go from a corporation, a large corporation to a nonprofit. And I'm sure you thought that the nonprofit would be a better environment cuz you're actually going to start working with people who are of the same race. Um, and it is exactly environment. <laughs> Can't that be a trick too? <laughs> That's so funny. I've like had that. Like, oh no, everyone's black. This is going to be a dream. Ah, right? Maybe. Ah. <laughs> maybe it's. <Bully. laughs> That's that's why I believe we have to get back to this human element thing because the reality is I have worked with some older white men. Matter of fact, if I'm being specific, every time I have been championed in my career in a way that got me more money, Mm -hmm. it has been from someone who wasn't Black. And I think that that goes more to the power dynamics in corporate than it does to like Black people not wanting to support. I think it actually comes from the fact that it is very rare that companies even let us get to a point where we can bring somebody in and pay them way more money. But, but, but it's been, I have been championed by white people. And that's, that's because I don't care whether you are white, black, or blue. If you have knowledge that I need, I'm coming for you. And I'm a figure mm-hmm. out how to, how to like you enough to respect you enough to, um, you know, to, to do what I, what I need to do because we have to get past our feelings, sis. Like, I think the number one uh, detriment to a young Black professional is being in their feelings. 
Yes. It just doesn't yes. help us enough. Like I can't be in my feelings. I can feel disrespected, but I have to take that feeling and channel it as assertiveness or, okay, well then I need to salary negotiate. If y'all going to treat me bad, you're going to pay me more. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean? Like that's how I learned to salary negotiate. Cause I, I sat at home and I remember thinking like, man, it's going to be harder for me in corporate as a black woman. Get, they got to pay for that. <laughs> like, right. I'm about to be underpaid and disrespected. Y'all going to pay me more. So let me get all the credentials I need. Let me get in every magazine I need to get in. And then you're going to have to pay me more for that. That disrespect is going to cost you. Right. <laughs> but right. we are in our feelings a little bit. But tell us about the experience working with your own people, like working with people who you identify with culturally. Was it better? Well, um, <laughs> it was, you know what? It was refreshing yeah. because I will say that seeing people of color in po- uh, powerful positions yes. where they're yes. able to help others. It it was truly a blessing being able to experience that. And I'm just so proud overall, you know, to, to be, to have worked at an organization where African-Americans, we were uh, predominantly the the popular population um, at that organization. And so it was truly a blessing to be a part of excellence and to be a part of, you know, King and Queen. So royalty. Um, But I will say that where things began to get a little sticky is that uh, not everyone, uh, but sometimes people feel as though when they're in a position of power that they sometimes can abuse it. And that's and that's where it can create a toxic environment. And so the organization that I was at, everything started off well, but uh, people's egos began to grow and um, you know, it, it was, it was a communication barrier with, you know, management communicating with employees. So it began to, to be just a really, really toxic environment, which is why I say that, um, it was, it's looking back now, you know, cause my, my last day there was in November of 2017 and now we're in, um, I'm sorry, November of 2018 and now okay. we're in. 2019 and I'm looking back already and I'm just saying thank you God for for um sending me through that test because I know they always say there can be no testimony without a test and it did allow me to grow in my emotions you know because I am a very sensitive kind-hearted gentle sweet person you know I love to see yeah you are really nice Thank, thank you. That's Ashley. why you need a friend like me because I can get going. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's real. That's real. And, and no, you know, are. No, I, I think that's such a good quality. I mean, honestly, it's also a real good sign of strength because me and my husband yes. do therapy now, and mm-hmm. you know, I I grew up. My dad was like the traditional man. Like he was like, they did what to you? Okay, I'll right. Like he showed strength in the very in the way that people like when you think of a traditional man or, or patriarchal type of fa- father figure. That's kind of what he was. So I've always, I've always associated strength with aggression a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've associated mm-hmm. it with being assertive, with you doing what it takes, with you not being afraid to say what it takes. But the, the, the reality is 
sometimes that's a result of life hardening you. And my father growing up in Robert Taylor Homes, having to come out of that, he went from literally foster care to building a seven-figure business. You know what I mean? Come so like, on. For come him to do that from Robert Taylor is like, he had to, he couldn't show any signs of weakness. And he would around my mom and I, and he was with, he's been with my mom over 25 years. Like he's just a phenomenal man. Um, but at the same time, his upbringing made him show what strength when he needed to show it in order to survive. Now, I married a man who's similar to my dad in that he loves God, but very different in the way he shows strength. So my husband has not allowed life to harden him to the point where he ever really, he, my husband is not easily offended. Like, you know, that scripture that's like, don't be easily offended. I am like on the opposite end of that scripture. I am like, I am almost like, I am too easily offended sometimes, but it's never like hurt. It's offense. Like I get angry. I don't really get like, Oh my gosh, why? (laughs) I'm just like, they did what to who? Oh, Okay, writing down the name, you know what I mean? And my right. husband doesn't do that. And so when I what I hear you saying is that you have been resilient about keeping your peace. And that yes. is strength. Like that is legitimate strength. That is really controlling your emotions. And I commend you for doing that because it's hard to do, especially when you're disrespected at work where we spend eight to ten hours a day on average. Right. That is so true. That is so true. And and the thing is, is that it, it is a skill that you have to work at each and every day. And I'm still yep. working each and every day to master it. But you see, I'm better at it now because I I am not a, a part of that environment anymore. But you see, right, when you right. were saying, you know, we we all are capable of, of taking it there, like getting down, yes. trust yes. and believe. That is the reason why. <laughs> I, I needed to, it was, it was time for me to make my exit because yes. I did, I did have to show them like, you know what, wait a minute now, you know, it was already <laughs> one thing when you did this, but it's another thing when you, when you do this. So I, I'm the type of person and I, and, and like I said, everybody has another side. I think as humans, yes. you know, we all, we all are capable of standing up for ourselves. And I think each and every one of us have that superpower within ourselves. Like, look, you know, I'm a nice person. I, I'm not, you know, I go to church. I, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever you think makes up your character, you right. know, your reputation. But it's like, look, man, I'm not going to let you disrespect me. And and so that's the type of person that I am. I'm nice you and know, I everything, feel- but I can't I can't let somebody disrespect me. And, and, and that's that the is- way I was raised. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I mean, we shouldn't have to honestly. I think that one of the things that people haven't figured out about African-American employees is that we come, our, our history tells us that we can survive great pains, but we shouldn't have to anymore. And so for me, it almost feels like a slap in my ancestor's face for you to be taught, especially it's one thing, like if a sister disrespects me at work, like I have a black woman boss and she's like a little short with me. I take that a little bit differently than when a white man curses me out on the job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I automatically go to like, oh my God, he thinks I'm his slave. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? <laughs> like, um, slavery's over, sir. You have no right to talk to me like that. But what I've right. learned over time, having dealt with, one, I've always been one of the only black women. I've never had the pleasure of working in an environment that was predominantly African-American. But because of that, I've kind of learned like, 
when people disrespect you, black, white, or other, they don't, they are so insecure that they feel that is the only way they can communicate. Because in mm-hmm. every instance, when someone at work has disrespected me, berated me, been been really rude, like I've been cursed out at work, which I talk about on a Oh, well. But all of those, none of those people had real power. And a chick mm-hmm. like me sees that a mile away. So I, I remember <laughs> one guy at my job curses me out. And I recall thinking like, he's never brought in a client. He's never done this. He's never done that. His aggression can only live by cursing out a first or second year associate. His power rests nowhere else. And oftentimes when people are disrespectful at work, that's it. They don't have real strength. Because having worked with some of the best lawyers in the country, none of them, none of them acted like that. And there are some people who have moments of weakness. But by and large, what I saw was people with real wealth and real real power at my old job, they worked hard to treat people well, you know, and they worked right. hard to do more for their people. And they were, those were the individuals that taught me how to treat my support staff. It's why I used to give the best gifts to my paralegals and my secretaries and people who worked under me because I never wanted them to feel like I didn't value what they contributed because they were the foundation for my success. Um, Mm -hmm. but people without power, people who have never seen real power, people who've never had real power, people who just think they're, you know, this is their one chance to get over on somebody. They will act out. They will act a fool. You know, they really will. If we can learn now, it's tough. Like you say, practice every day, but if we could learn to, to realize this is coming from a position of weakness and not a position of strength, we could almost have grace on those people. Right. Poor, poor man. You don't know who you're talking to. Like you really, you really out here acting a fool. That's so sad. Exactly. (laughs) You know, because I've, thank God I've never cursed anyone out at work. Oh my gosh, that would be so embarrassing. But (laughs) (laughs) I would hate to be because like I'm gonna have this story for the rest of my life and he just he just lost it and like for the rest of my like if I see this man 20 years from now I'd be like that's that white man that cursed me out at work that's a shame Uh, (laughs) uh, so you never want to be that person who like leaves your company and everyone has stories of how you just lost your top like you lost it (laughs) you do right and you know what I will say you know if if you are somebody, you know, at work that did lose your top, because I know for me, the male coworker who actually had tried to take me there, he did that a lot with uh, a lot of female coworkers, you know, because mm. he, he was always pushing, pushing past the boundaries. And so mm. for me, he did cross that boundary and it did go from verbal to physical touch. And so what? I did have to, mm-hmm. I had to address the situation. And so I am, I am someone that had to address the situation and stand up for myself. And I'm very proud of myself for doing that. And you want to know the best part about it is, is that even if the best part about it is, is that even if, um, someone, uh, cause there were like maybe two coworkers who witnessed us, uh, you know, going over the matter, like me getting my point across him saying what he needed to say and me really being stern with my words and telling him like, you know, this is not okay. They knew my character. 
you know, and that's something that that's something that nobody can ever take away from you. So even if you do lose your cool, let's say you are the girl at work that lost your cool. Let's say you are the guy at work that lost your cool. At the end of the day, people can still say about you with your character that if that person reacted that way, she must have been provoked. He must have been provoked. There must have been something. When you say you lost your cool, does that mean you like were yelling and screaming at this man in the office? Or does that mean you were just telling him this will not work anymore? It means that I I definitely put him in his place and it was an argument (laughs) for sure. Okay. It was an argument for sure. Good. It didn't become, it didn't become physical, but it definitely was an argument, meaning that I put him in his place. And I think we all knows when, when you say, when somebody says put him in their place, I think we all know <laughs> yes. what that means. Okay. But I did it in a way where my alter ego is my mom, you know? And so Marilyn Ward, you know, like I said before, my mom and dad are my rocks. I'm an only child. And so I have my mom in me and I have, and I have my dad in me. My dad you know, he, like I said, he's the one, like the motivational speaker, you know, outgoing and everything like that. My mom is too, but my mom and my dad both came from the projects. So you knew, you know, not to mess with them. And even still to this day, it's that level of respect. So like I said, when I put him in his place, did I elevate my voice? Absolutely. Did I use some choice words that I felt like he needed to hear for him to get the point that he didn't need to cross those personal boundaries anymore? Absolutely. So I'm saying that even if you are somebody like at work that were to lose your cool, what I'm saying is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people say about you because can't nobody take your character and who you are and your reputation and your name is everything and nobody can tarnish that. So even if you do have a moment where you lose your cool with your kids, with your, with your spouse, um, with your best friend. At the end of the day, it's not about in the moment uh, always how you handle it. It's about how you recover from it. You know, did well, you did sometimes you, you are going to just have to recover. Yeah, well, but some people don't. They don't. Some people, some people have outbursts and they and they don't apologize. Right. You know, some people, some people have outbursts and they continue to do that over and over again. You know, so that's why I say it's about how do you deal with it after the fact? Because at the end of the day, when that situation for me personally went down um, on on Thursday, it was actually uh, November 15th. And on November 16th, when the verdict, you know, was put in uh, for what they wanted to do with me, which was let me go. um, And they told me that I had violated a safe and a secure environment and they ended up letting the other coworker go too. in that moment, I was very proud of myself because, and, and this is another thing, the power of God too. November 16th, if you add up one in six, that's seven, completion. Mm-hmm. So the reason why, as I was sitting in the office, you know, um, so calm and so at peace. And that's why even the director, he, cause he came to my wedding. He was just like, you know, Lauren, I know your spirit. I know your heart. I know your character. And I'm just so sorry that this happened, you know, but I know for a fact that uh, you you are the type of person that will stand up for yourself. And I'm very proud of yourself because we don't tolerate, you know, physical touch in this in this workplace and everything. And he was like, you know, I can help you to find a job. I can give you a letter. It's interesting that they let both of you all go when he was touching you inappropriately at work. Right. Right. They must have yeah, missed he, the whole Me Too movement. Yeah, they, well, they definitely, 
they definitely did. Um, you know, he he definitely was somebody at work that was getting away with this a lot. When it came and to, to me, so that doesn't feel, it feels like you stood up for yourself in an environment that wasn't going to protect you in any event, because he had done this to several other coworkers. That's such a weird thing that they would terminate you for that. However, I will say like, so how do you, so you've worked in two environments where really odd things have happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and specifically with being inappropriately touched by, and this guy was a superior or was it a colleague? Like he was at your same level. He, he was a colleague. However, he was much older than me because I just, I just made 30 on Christmas. Okay. <laughs> 30 oh, plus. Happy birthday. Thank, thank you, sis. And he's, he was in his sixties. Well, he's in his sixties. Oh, so goodness. an older, yeah, an older man. Um, and and so I, you know, but I thank God, like that's why I was saying, like, I just thank God so much for the experience because I know that he did do this to a lot of other women. And I know that you know, some people were afraid to stand up for themselves. And of I course chose, they were, because you can get fired. Like ha- like yeah, what happened to you. And that's the right. worst part. It's like I tell people, people are always like, Oh my gosh, Ashley, you're so brave talking about discrimination this way. I was like, I work for myself. It's easy. It's a lot easier for me. You know, I was always very outspoken, but I was more strategic with how I, and I can't say I'm not strategic now, but I was, I was more guarded. I think guarded is the right word. I was more guarded about my experiences in corporate when I was still in corporate. And when I'm, Mm -hmm. it's just very hard to bite the hand that feeds you. It's very hard. It's almost why I don't all, this is also going to be an unpopular opinion, but we'll just drop this bomb too. I don't know how effective chief diversity officers can be when the system that they are to critique and to manage and to improve is the same one that gives them money. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why companies pay these chief diversity officers all this money. A part of it is control. Right? Like, let's just keep it all the way 100. You created a position that you're going to pay sometimes three, four, five hundred thousand dollars to improve the diversity of your company. Now, you've never, some companies have never even done anything to empower the people in those roles to make real systematic changes, right? Like, they don't always, they, I've never heard. Maybe some companies do this, but I've really never heard of a situation where the chief diversity officer can fire someone for doing something that's outside the bounds of the company's values, right? And without power like that, those positions are sometimes seen as like a figurehead. Like, this is what we're doing. Look at how committed we are. We have someone. Now, the company, I will say, though, at least having someone in that position can give employees who are diverse, who identify as diverse, someone to go and talk to um, when things get real. Right. And what I mean, real when things get bad, when you feel like you've been um, discriminated against, because the the firm that I worked at, that was the worst with diversity in numbers and the way they treated African-Americans, like just the worst in diversity. They didn't have anyone in that role. They didn't have a chief diversity officer. Now, after I left and made a wrote a very public specific article on LinkedIn about (laughs) my experience working at that company as a black woman, um, they posted a position like for someone in diversity soon after that. And I don't know if there's a correlation, but (laughs) it'd be funny if it was. I do feel like we need to, like companies, companies that care should make real change and they should empower people who they hire to improve diversity, to really improve diversity. And it has to be, you have to punish bad behavior if you want to deter it. 
whether it be financially, whether it be by termination, whether, I mean, cause like, if you're going to say you care about the company's culture, you care about the company's community, what happened to the person who discriminates? What happens to the person who's inappropriately touching someone? And what happens to the person that reports it more importantly? What happens mm-hmm. to that person? Cause that person typically gets fired. When I brought up diversity issues at my last firm, they were basically like, you can leave. You unhappy, you can leave. You don't like how we do things here, you can leave. You think that we don't treat black people well, you can leave. Yo black butt don't gotta work here. I mean, it was essentially showing me the door for speaking out, which is why, you know, I do tell people and I want the listeners to know it is 2019. However, speaking out about diversity issues, speaking out about gender issues at your company may still result in termination. They'll call it whatever they want. Right. But that is still happening. That's still happening every day of the week. Like what's, what's today. Okay. It's happening today. (laughs) You know what I mean? Someone will get terminated today for speaking up for themselves. Um, However, I, I am the type of person that believes you have to do it because yes. I was able to live with myself if I didn't do it. Um, yes. And that's why last year was such it was such a, a, a proud moment for myself, for me to say, yes. you know what, this this is who your parents raised you to be. And this is the God fearing woman that you are, because although it may seem unfair and it may, you know, to the average person seem like, oh my God, you lost your job, you know, your bills and this. To me, it's like I'm free. And that's what being that's what being an entrepreneur, yeah. having a dream and having goals outside of yourself and knowing that your purpose on this earth is greater. It was time. That's why yeah. I said it's so powerful that I was let go on November 16th. I'm very big on numbers. The number seven in the Bible symbolizes completion. Mm. The number eight symbolizes new beginnings. And on November 16th, six plus one, seven completion. God has said, baby, it's time. It's time for you to spread your wings and soar and fly. Because in 2014, I did write my first book. In 2015, I started my not-for-profit. 2016, I wrote my second book. I created my for-profit. 2017, I started doing motivational videos on social media. And then last year, I launched my talk show. So, and I was on the congratulations. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Thank thank you, sis. So when I tell you the seeds have been planted and this is my time, like this is the reason why Lloyd Strayhorn also said in 2019 for Capricorn specifically that we are the beacon of light that will bring people out of the darkness. And right Hmm. now, when I tell you that everything happens for a reason, I don't regret any of that. I thank God for that experience because all it did was make me stronger. And now I can impact and save lives with the knowledge and experiences that I've been through because I did learn more about the, the um, legal action to seek, you know, when discrimination happens in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And now my, my coworkers and even um, HR, because I did report what happened, you know, they're they're actually reaching out to me, you know, trying to see how they can support my business. And, and Which is a what good they point. Report it to HR. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether you confront the actual person, report it to HR. Keep all... Absolutely. I, I literally... Documentation. Do, I would love to do an event called Working While Black and it, it's all about like how to protect yourself in the workplace as a Black professional. But to start, I want you all, listeners, everyone, if you're in corporate America and you're experiencing something that you consider to be biased from your vantage point, report it to HR. Report it to HR. If it's serious, you know, there are always risks, I will say, but report it to HR. Without that, without 
without any indication that you've told the company, you know, about this manager being harassing. I've I've had situations because prior to law school, I worked in corporate as well. I worked at tech companies. So I specialized in tech sales and customer service. And I reported a manager and I specifically requested to have a manager who I identified with and who was comfortable speaking to employees of color. Now that could have been any manager, but I knew they were going to give me the diverse manager and they did. And we were cool and I had no problems afterwards. But what happened at the company was this guy takes me in a room, another white man cursing and stuff. And, and I was very specific with him. I was like, look, I don't drink. At that time, I wasn't drinking at all. Now I'll have a glass of wine. So no judgment. Right. <laughs> but, like, but at that time, I wasn't drinking at all. And I, you know, they had all these, they would do half days, and then everyone would go to the bar. And I was like, well, can I just go home? Because I don't want to go to the bar with you all, basically. Right. Like, um, no, you can either go to the bar or you can keep working. And I was like, well, this feels wrong. One, I told you I don't even like going to bars because of my faith. Two, I was like, this isn't someplace that I frequent. I don't feel comfortable. And culturally, there's just a huge disconnect. Your idea of fun is getting drunk at a keg with, with a keg, like having these keg parties and drinking all this beer. That's not my idea of fun. So if if I don't want to drink, you're telling me that I am punished by having to work when everyone else is off doing what their idea of fun is. I just thought that, that was fundamentally unfair. And um, they were like, mm-hmm. they're like, whatever, you know, they didn't. They didn't care. But my point was, look, you're not about to call me in a room and curse me out. I wanted to do a diversity day where we bring in diverse high school students. And the manager was not going for it. He was like, that's a horrible idea. We shouldn't do that. That doesn't make any sense. I went to the director of the company. Now, this is another thing you shouldn't do as a young professional. Just go over your boss's head. But I I was about to go to law school. So I go straight to the director of the company, um, of my department anyways, and tell him about it. And he's an immigrant. So he loved the idea. He was like, this is great. I'll give you whatever budget you need. We're going to support it. The company is going to implement Diversity Day. I was like, thank you. That's exactly what I needed. From that, though, my manager found out, got mad, took me in a room and wanted to curse me out. <laughs> and I don't know why these white men love cursing me out because I am not the one. And I, right. I didn't curse back. I was just like, okay. This is good. This meeting is over, sir. I went right to HR, told them what happened. Sure enough, my marks were top of the line. I had really good reviews. Right after he does that and I report him to HR, he says that all of a sudden I'm not the number one um, salesperson. I'm not the number one customer service person. And I'm like, okay, all of a sudden after I report you, this is textbook retaliation, sir. And I wasn't even a lawyer yet. I'm like, bruh, be, be a little creative. Um, right, but he wasn't and I ended up getting a new manager and it was fine but it was all because I reported it to HR and even before I got another review I told HR I believe he's going to um, retaliate against me by saying I'm no longer the tops, um, top person on my team so I want you all to start tracking my professional development look at my numbers for the past seven months sure enough that's what he did because he was predictable and so I do think going to HR reporting it what you did is very 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 important because you you but but you should know that HR works for the company but you should you should still report it keep all your documents note who you talk to note what time you talk to them really protect yourself in these companies because it's your livelihood the answer right. shouldn't be I love entrepreneurship but the answer shouldn't be you work in corporate get disrespected or you have to be an entrepreneur i think that that's bogus like mm-hmm. I, you know if you're you're making good money in corporate stay in corporate Get everything you can from corporate and just protect yourself and know, don't, don't like deny the issues. I have people who do that. They're like, what? Corporate discrimination? No, no, no. I'm treated 
amazingly as a black person. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. But still protect yourself, you know, like be, be vigilant about what's happening out here. I may be a little more cynical because I've seen the employment cases come through. People are out here getting all types of mistreated, trust and believe. So protect, protect, protect yourself, go to HR, report it. Those things are important. So Lauren, I do want to ask you this. How did you maintain your confidence when you were being disrespected in corporate America and when they were basically you're at your first job telling you you weren't doing your job well and at your second job treating you as though like treating you in a way that you didn't deserve. Right, right. And, you know, I was actually going to say uh, to your last point, too, I was going to say it's all about knowing who you are and, and, and doing what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, if you have dreams and goals that you've set out to accomplish in corporate, then I say make sure that you stick to what makes you happy and what you feel as though you need to do for yourself. If you have planned out that, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, I'm tired of building other people's dreams and I want to build my own, then really find out the tools that you need and the people that you need to connect yourself with in order to have a successful business. For me, the reason why I've been able to keep my confidence is because first and foremost, I am a child of God. And Mm -hmm. when I know, when I remember my faith and I remember everything that my God has done for me and the power, the superpower that he has given me to serve his people, I cannot let him down. And then secondly, my mom and dad, you know, like Ooh, I was yeah. saying, they they would they instilled that faith within me. And my mom and dad have always been my biggest cheerleaders. My husband is so supportive of my dreams and goals. My sister, my family, my friends. So I have a very strong support system. And also, I believe in myself. Even yep. if I didn't have anybody else around me that was rooting for me to win, I believe that I deserve the best. That I, that I was put on this earth, like I said, for a reason and, and that I have a purpose to fulfill because I have a legacy to create that's bigger than me. I serve right. a mighty, mighty God. So why wouldn't I think that I, I shouldn't, why would I think that I'm, I'm not supposed to deliver on mighty, mighty work, especially right. for myself and for others? So my confidence comes from my spirit. It comes from my positive energy. It comes from my heart. It comes for my love to give back to our community and to give back to other people who felt like they're not good enough because I want them to know, yes, you are. You're actually great. And greatness is within you and nobody can take that from you. Somebody could take away your house, your kids, the clothes off your back, but they can never take away your education. And with me going to Howard University and graduating with my BA in broadcast journalism, with me going to Northwestern University, graduating with my master's in communications, being an HR. All right, Northwestern. <laughs> oh, thank you, sis. I love and, that and school. Being, I didn't even know. So we're both you. we're both wildcats. Hey. Oh, you you when did you graduate? I went to the law school. Oh yeah, girl. And what That's year cool did now. you come out? I came out uh 2016. I was there from 2013 to 2016. Okay, I came out 2012. Okay. This is amazing. So, so yeah. So, you know, with, with my, my educational background, with me being in a sorority, being an AKA, you know, an honors fraternity, having all of these accomplishments that I've, I've achieved and, and I've worked so hard for them. That's right. why, um, I'm not a mother yet. You know, I'm, 
I'm married, but I'm not a mom yet. But my accomplishments are so near and dear to my heart because they're my babies. I worked so hard to write those two books. I worked so hard to create my talk show, to to graduate in four years, you know, have my- Well, that's a good point. It's like, don't let, don't let a moment in time redefine every success you've had in your life. And I think it's easy to do because work is personal to us. But I like what you're saying about keep in mind who you are. Keep in mind that you are not defined by your job. More importantly, you're not defined by a particular person at your job. Oftentimes, we attribute these horrible situations to an entire company when, in fact, it was an individual within a company that did something horrendous. Now, the company is faulted for not handling that person or terminating the bad actor Um, or even holding the bad actor accountable. But these are individual people at big companies who do bad things. And that can happen anywhere. Yes, yes. That is so true. And I think that if if you choose your battles wisely and and you know the power of who you are and whose you are, I don't think that you'll have any trouble at, at knowing who you are and playing your role when it comes to your position of power in corporate America or when it becomes, when it comes to your position outside of that, if you want to be an entrepreneur, I say again, whatever makes you happy, whatever you feel like is your calling. And once you've accepted that, then be content with that and be confident in that and, and, and know that God has given you a greater calling on your life and that many are called, but only few are chosen. And he has chosen you for that assignment and whatever that is for young people, for adults, whatever that assignment is for you, be confident in it and be peaceful in it and make sure that when you walk on this earth, when you wake up in the morning, when you see yourself in the mirror, you thank God for waking you up in the morning. You tell yourself you're beautiful. You tell yourself that you're confident. You tell yourself that you are somebody and don't let anybody tell you anything differently because no one has the right to validate who you are. Only you can validate it in God. I love that. I love that. So Lauren, where can we find you? So where are you at? Give us your social channels for people who are like, okay, I want to learn more about this dynamic speaker, author, and woman. Where do they go? Yes. So you can go to my website, lwoo.org. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Speaks. L-W-O-O Speaks. I'm also on Snapchat at Lauren C. Ward, L-W-O, and I'm on YouTube as well. And, and just to um, let you know, Ashley Nicole, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to say this. L-W-O Academy is my not-for-profit. That stands for Learning, Wisdom, Optimism, and Opportunity. So that's my mentoring program for fifth through eighth. Um, high school, college kids, and after college. And that's why I teach them about classroom confidence, character confidence, community confidence, and career confidence. And it's to help prevent gun violence. Anything that comes to um, speaking engagements, anything where I'm actually, um, you're booking me for services, like my workshops, um, that falls underneath my for-profit. And you can find that information online. And last but not least, I have the Elwu Talk Show, which is where we focus on self-confidence, entrepreneurship, and gun violence. 
All right. Perfect. Well, we really enjoyed having you. I, of course, enjoyed speaking to you. And before we head out, I always want to give you all the listeners one action item that you can do today. So today's action item to help increase your confidence and convert it into coins is going to center around mentorship. So I want you all to write down two people in your current career field that you look up to that are at the height of your career field and then two people who are in your ideal career field right now. And then what I'd love for you to do is to reach out to those four individuals for a 15 minute phone call. Just reach out to them for a 15 minute phone call. And I want you to think big. They don't have to be in your city. They don't have to be in your state. They just have to be killing it at what they do confidently. And then reach out to them and see if they'll speak to you. Because honestly, when you think about the most successful people in the world, they will all have people who've influenced them to greatness. So that's the that's the task for today, the confidence task for today. And after you do it, let me know. Let me know how it turns out for you. And I will be right back here next week, dropping another episode, if not sooner. So thank you all so much for listening. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. It's Ashley Kirkwood, Aww. the Confidence Podcast, signing off.